Hey, Chris Joffrey here, and welcome back to another episode of EM Intro. On this episode, I'll briefly talk a little bit about the general approach to the emergency department patient. I'll talk about more focused approaches to different types of complaints in future episodes. One thing to keep in mind is that every complaint, no matter how seemingly minor it may appear on the surface, has the potential to be a life or limb-threatening disease. It's our primary goal in the emergency department to assess and stabilize emergencies. What does that mean? That means that when you first walk into a room to see a patient, you have to make a quick assessment of the severity of this person's illness and the need for immediate intervention. This is often reflected in the mantra sick versus not sick. You also need to consider high acuity differentials for every patient, even before you walk into the room. In that sense, you are forming differential diagnoses before you even do a history and physical exam. Let's talk about the phrase sick or not sick. You might have heard this phrase before, but let's break it down into what it really means in a pragmatic sense. As an emergency physician, the first thing you need to decide when you walk into a room is whether or not the patient needs immediate resuscitation and intervention. As a student, you might not be qualified to provide this intervention, so your role is to immediately grab an attending physician or senior resident if you are concerned. Things that need immediate intervention include cardiac arrest, respiratory failure, and shock. If there is no need for immediate intervention, the usual order of history, physical exam, testing, and treatment can resume. At the very least, patients who could be sick need an IV, O2, and cardiac monitor. The next thing that should be early on your mind is the disposition. Think early as to whether you expect the patient will likely be admitted or discharged from the emergency department. Determining sick or not sick is an instinct that is honed over time with practice and experience. However, there are a few things to keep in mind to help guide you. The first is general assessment. What is their general coloring? Hint, pale and gray are not good colors. Is their skin dry or diaphoretic? Does their breathing appear to be labored? What about the mental status? Is the patient alert and oriented? Are they able to have a conversation with you, follow commands? How difficult are they to arouse? What are the vital signs? Abnormal vital signs should raise your concern that a patient could be sick. Sometimes it can be the only sign of systemic pathology in an otherwise well-appearing patient. Here are some extra things to consider when assessing the acuity of a patient. How did they arrive? Did they drive themselves, or were they brought by ambulance or helicopter? Was the patient a transfer from another facility? If a patient is getting transferred to your facility from another ED, there's a better chance that they're going to be sick than if they walk through the door. Okay, so let's talk about the types of patients you'll see in the ED. Some patients will come with an undifferentiated complaint, while some will come with a working diagnosis. The ones that are transfers from other facilities are likely to be the patients with working diagnoses. Transfers typically occur either to receive a higher level of care, intervention, or diagnostic testing that the outside facility can't provide. Many times, most of the workup will have been completed by the outside facility, including labs and imaging, but it's still important to perform a thorough history and physical exam on these patients. Things might have gone missed by the transferring facility, and their clinical appearance and disease course could have changed on route, sometimes for better and sometimes for worse. If you know a patient is a transfer, look around the room or ask a nurse for any documentation that might have come from the outside facility. If you can, try to look at the triage note for every patient before entering the room. For the undifferentiated patient, start by introducing yourself and asking open-ended questions. What brings you into the emergency department today? 
How can we help you? Try to let the patient speak uninterrupted for two minutes. You'll get the majority of the pertinent history in the first 60 seconds if you allow your patient to speak uninterrupted. This can also help you build rapport at the start of your encounter. Although the patient will give you the majority of the information you need, don't forget to fill in any gaps before you leave the room. For every complaint, there will be history and physical exam findings you need to know if possible. If a patient doesn't mention a symptom or component of their medical history during open-ended questioning, it doesn't necessarily imply its absence. For example, a patient might not think to mention that they were drenched in a cold sweat while they were having chest pain. A patient who takes insulin for their diabetes with good glycemic control might not consider their diabetes to be a medical issue. After taking your history, try summarizing the patient's story back to them. Ask if your summary accurately describes their concerns. This technique not only builds rapport, but helps you make sure you understood the patient correctly. In regards to the review of systems in physical exam, be thorough enough to cover at least 10 different systems, but try to keep it relatively focused to the complaint. Not only is it good patient care, but it will also be important when it comes to the level of the chart for billing later on. Personally, I listen to the heart and lungs at a minimum for every patient. Although there are times it might not be particularly relevant, I find that it helps build rapport with the patient. I think that the stethoscope is tied so strongly to the image of medicine in a cultural sense that most patients expect it. When you're performing a physical exam, let the patient know what you're doing and verbalize your findings to them. Things like, your lungs sound clear, or your legs appear swollen. Patients have a constant need for information, and verbalizing your physical exam findings can help them meet that need. Be an advocate for your patient. Keep them informed about what's going on and the plans for their care. However, avoid discussing things that you don't fully understand yourself. Once you've done your history and physical exam, your patient might want to know about the plan of action. It's generally advised that you defer discussing the plan with the patient until you've discussed with your senior resident or attending. The same goes for sensitive matters like bad news and unexpected test results. Don't hesitate to tell the patient, I don't know, but I can find out. If the patient is in a lot of pain, let your senior resident or attending know so that analgesia can be provided. Little things can make a big difference too. Warm blankets, pillows, a glass of water, provided the patient is not NPO, can go a long way in making your patient more comfortable. Take ownership of your patients and do your best to be involved in all aspects of their care. For every patient, come up with a differential related to the triage complaint before you walk into the room. If you have time, you can use a pocket resource to help guide you. Think of at least five high-acuity diagnoses that could be related to the complaint that would need intervention or admission. This can help you keep your history and physical focused, but open enough to gather important details that you don't want to miss. Because the patient has presented to the ED, you should always be considering diagnoses with high morbidity. Continue to adapt and revise your differential during and after your encounter. Some high acuity conditions can be reliably ruled out by risk factors, history, and physical exam alone, while others will need additional lab work and imaging. Think about which of your diagnoses will need additional studies and how each study will lead you toward or away from a diagnosis in your differential. For each study you want to order, understand what you're looking for and how it will change your management. If you don't think you need a study to rule out a diagnosis, be able to justify it with risk factors, history, and physical exam. 
I'll go over some of the focused approaches for the common complaints in the ED, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, I'd recommend reading your textbooks and online resources regarding some of the common complaints including abdominal pain, chest pain, back pain, shortness of breath, headache, altered mental status, and musculoskeletal injuries. Stay tuned for future episodes, and please feel free to leave any comments and criticisms to help improve the program. And as always, thanks again for listening to EM Intro.